All right, it's the Ruben J Show. It's Ruben J here in the studio with uh, a great one coming up here in just a second. I'm really excited for this conversation and this moment in time. I'm I, honestly, this is a long time in the making. Um, she, you may know her from her time on The Voice, uh, or you may have seen her perform um, on the same stage as Blake Shelton, Tim McGraw, Dustin Lynch, Brett Young, Cody Johnson, Carly Pierce. Kelly Clarkson, and the list goes on and on and on. She's a superstar uh, already. Please welcome to the show, Miss Presley Tennant. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited that we're chatting. I was listening to your EP that's out now, 600 Miles. Go and download that if you haven't already. And there's so many questions that I have about the music and and about your journey. Um, but it's funny because we were just talking off offline here that uh, – you and I, we grew up in Southern California. You know, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not terribly much younger than I am. I think you just turned 24 or 25. I just turned 30. So I am, you know, older, but not much older. But we, we ran in the same, you know, the same areas for much of our, you know, much of our lives. And we've actually been in the same venues multiple times just at like an hour difference. You know, like you had just left when I got there. What's up with that? Are you avoiding me? I guess. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I feel like growing up, I mean, I feel like I hit everywhere down in Southern California. I mean, I'm still here. I'm in Norco right now. Um, I still live out here. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm everywhere at all times. Like there's, there's not enough hours in the day to like go to more places and spend more time, but I swear I'm not avoiding you. <laughs> I swear. It, it's it's funny because you you were playing uh, in Brea, which is right down the street from me, not too long ago, and I'm like I just I was just there like yesterday, and you know <laughs> she's 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 there today, like great, you know, like I'm not gonna be able to make it back in time uh, for that. The thing is we're not gonna we're not gonna actually meet at like a show. It's gonna be like randomly we're walking, and then I'm gonna like run into you, and that's how it's gonna happen. Well, here's here's the fun part is I believe. I believe your season of The Voice was a season or two after I stopped working with The Voice. So, it, like, like this is... Oh, it, my gosh. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think I boycotted your season because I was upset with the way things ended with me and NBC. Um, just, just kidding. <laughs> I, I love NBC. NBC's great. Um, no, they're not, but whatever. Um, but it was, it was just funny, like... <laughs> Totally side note. So it's just funny, like, like, like there's so many opportunities in the last couple of years that we could have, you know, bumped into each other, but we didn't. But what we need to do is, you know, tour, you know, depending on how this one goes, we need to have part two, but we need to, to find a coffee shop that will let us record, you know, like yep. live and have you play some music and, and do a fun thing. Cause I think it's going to be fun, but let's, good to me. <laughs> let's talk about, about you because I, I've been following you for, for a little bit here. Um, we, we've been social media friends for a while. Um, you've been doing some great stuff. Like you've literally been all over the place, um, the last couple of years. Uh, so I, I really just want to get, get to know you a little bit more and, and have, you know, both of our audiences be able to walk away from this and be like, okay, Presley, she, she's a real one, you know, and, and actually get to, to know you a little bit more. So tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, about kind of your, your upbringing and getting into country music because, you know, I, I know there's a while where country music wasn't cool, and that's kind of when we were growing up. Um, maybe, maybe again, there's a, there's a bit of an age difference, so I, my perspective might be a little bit warped. 
But, you know, then all of a sudden country was cool and now everyone's doing country. It, it seems like, so how did you get into country? How'd you get into music? Tell me a little bit more about, about just your history. So I grew up listening to a wide range of different genres, um, country music being one of them. I mean, the town, I mean, I'm from Norco, California, which is like Horsetown, USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always been around it. Um, but when I was very young and I started music, I was just kind of doing it for fun. I was singing anywhere from like country music to musical theater to pop, R&B, a little bit of everything. Um, and I started doing these little talent shows, like mainly out in Temecula. It was like BGC Idol or something like that. And I did a show or I did like the competition and I was introduced to the mayor who introduced me to this girl group called the Five LPs or the Five Little Princesses. We were all anywhere from 10 to 13 years old wearing pink tutus, knee-high bedazzled converse. Um, and I just fell in love with being in the music industry. I always, growing up, I thought I was always going to play soccer, and that is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. My whole entire family played soccer. So when I got introduced to the music industry, I was just like, oh my gosh, I never knew that this side of the world existed. I thought it was just, you're either in it or you're not. So when I when I actually got a hold and like a foot in the door, I just fell in love with it. And I knew that's what I wanted to be, be doing for the rest of my life. So when I went on the, uh, after the group, I think I was 13 when it ended and I, it was a pop Christian group. So we were like little, like everybody else was like professional dancers. And I literally did not know what I was doing. I took so many dance lessons every single day. I was in LA from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I drive two hours home to go do soccer practice every day. And then I did my homework and my schooling at night. Um, and so I, after that, the group ended when I was 13 and I went solo and I continued on with what I knew. And so that was pop music at that time. And the more I grew up and the more I started writing music and really diving into who I am as an artist, I, kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't know if this is the music that is for me. Like, it wasn't that it was bad music. It was incredible music. I mean, I look back at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really good. It just wasn't who I was. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to be able to speak like my truth and who I am and say what I want to say and not not have anyone like question or like, it's like, oh, is that really her? Because I was a very shy person on the inside. Like, aside from music, I was not the first person to like go out of my way to to step out of my comfort zone. Um, and like, I wasn't the cool kid. I wasn't any of this. I was like, I was, I just wanted to work. I loved working. And so when I kind of made the switch, I went on the voice when I was 16 and I did a lot of realization in that time, like self-reflection of being like, okay, like, what do I need to fix? Like, what do I need to change? Because if I want to continue doing music for the rest of my life, I want to be happy and want to not have to try to be anything that I'm not. And so I made the switch to country music and I felt like I kind of went back to my roots and it just was the most incredible feeling ever. It was like that little like cheesy moment where it was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be at. Um, I mean, at 16, you're still figuring yourself out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm 21 now, so it's like I'm still figuring myself out. Um, But I definitely have a more clear, concise idea of who I am and I and I love the life that I live and the people I'm surrounded by and the music that I'm making um but I also wouldn't change any of the part best like behind me because I wouldn't be where I am today without any of that knowledge that I learned yeah for sure for sure and I, I apologize for adding four extra years to you uh <laughs> you know, that's one of the youngest I've gotten so that's that's all right oh, every great. time it's like oh, you're like 26 27 I'm like 
No, I just wear a lot of makeup. <laughs> and I'm really bald, so. There you go. Yeah, no, it's funny because I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure she just turned 24, 25. Like, nope, just turned 21 not too long ago. Uh, <laughs> I just know, like, when people add years to my age, I'm like, listen, I'm old, but I'm not that old. So please, <laughs> let's be respectful. Respect your elders, okay? Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, well, I love that story because I, I feel like so many people – think that at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, like, like, like you have to have it all figured out. And I think, I, I think that the pressure that people put on themselves in their foundational years sets them up for what I, I believe is just like ultimate, like self-disappointment for the most part, because you think that you're going to be in a certain position at a certain time. And then you wake up and you're 30 and you're like, Oh, I'm not where I thought I was going to be, you know, by this, by this time. And, and I feel like if you have the perspective of this is a journey and the journey is really the destination, not the destination itself, then you, you, it's easier for you to kind of swallow those pills of like, okay, cool. I didn't, didn't win the voice, but I was on it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, didn't headline the show, but, I shared a stage with Kelly Clarkson and Blake Shelton and, you know, what was the list again? Uh, Cody Johnson and, you know, Carly Pierce and all these different people. Like, I think it's incredible for you to have that story uh, and have that, uh, that, that journey. Cause it's, it's, I think it's really good. I think it really helps you too. And you can correct me if I'm wrong when it comes to actually releasing your own music, you know, if you're able to pull from, from your story, you can write more I... true music. Yeah, I feel like I was never the type to try to grow up faster than I was um, because I also realized I have the rest of my life ahead of me and that I can, I'll get to that. I don't know, everything I feel like it has a plan and it's supposed to happen the way it's supposed, like the way it falls in line or like the puzzle pieces fall together. Um, but when you try to force it, that's when, that's when it can become overwhelming. And then, I mean, like what you were saying, like having like putting so much pressure on yourself you still want to put pressure on yourself so that you're growing and you're continuing to learn, but also, and there's nothing wrong with having goals. Like I know I have my goals and I, that's what I'm striving towards, but also I'm enjoying and living in the moment of every little piece of it. Because as soon as I don't, and I get too ahead of myself, that's when it really starts to feel like a chore or, but like I'm pushing myself way, way beyond my limits where it's like, okay, thinking about it longevity wise, am I going to be feeling the same way in five years? I mean, as of right now, I love the direction that I'm in and I love the people that I'm working with and that I'm surrounded by. It just makes so everything so much more enjoyable. Um, and like, that's the big thing, surrounding yourself with, with good people that also want, want the same amount of success that you do or that work as hard as you do, um, if not even harder. Um, because I feel like that's just like the biggest thing. I mean, especially in this industry, like you have to work, you have to do everything, which is incredible. But also it's like, the people that you surround yourself by is what's going to help inspire you even more to push yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think part of that too is also looking at people in your field who are crushing it and, you know, seeing what they're doing right and, you know, trying to implement it as well. You know, I, I, I would, I would be a liar if I didn't tell you that, uh, you know, in my, my late teens, early twenties that I listened to Ryan Seacrest and Carson Daly every single day to try to, to make what I do, which is 
really takes no talent, but what I do a little bit better, you know, and I've haven't, I've yet to meet a singer songwriter or musician of any sort who isn't listening to somebody on the charts who's in the top of the charts and saying, what are they doing right? And how can I implement some level of that? And so that's going to be my, my next question for you is, you know, who are you looking at in, you know, in the top, you know, say top 50, you know, on the charts who you're like, okay, I like what they're doing. I like the sound of what they're doing here. I like what they're doing on stage here and here's how I can implement it. Or here's what they're doing on social media. Who, who are you looking at to, to, to find some inspiration and some extra challenges to really rise above? Cause I, I will say this, I think you're killing it at the level that you're at right now. And I can't wait for the next level for you to, to open up for you. So who are you looking at? I take inspiration from so many different sorts of people. I mean, not necessarily just in even country music. I mean, sound wise, I always gravitated towards like powerhouse kind of vocalists, but, um, and I think there's something so special about it because they have so much power in their voice that it's like, ah, oh, like, I mean, you have like Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert, Chris Stapleton, but then it's like writing wise. I love Ashley McBride and Kaylee Hammock. And I love the stories that they tell within their music and that you're able to, I love when you listen to a song and you can see what is going on. Like you can like find yourself in that same moment and you're like, oh my gosh, like you can paint this clear, concise picture of exactly what it is. Um, I think there's something so special about that. But then it's like, you listen to like top, I would say like top 100 on for country radio. And it's, there's so many different aspects of each and every artist that make them all so special that it's not necessarily that I'm trying to copy or anything like that, but it's like, oh, like this is really cool. How could I do the same thing, but in my own way? Um, whether it's songwriting wise or like different melodies and like keeping things a little more simple sometimes and not overcomplicating it because there are special things about something being a little bit more on like the raw and unperfect side, but it's perfect in its own way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I could grab from. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was listening to your EP kind of prepping for this interview and I was, you know, the, the one, the one note that I made about it was it sounds like early Carrie Underwood <laughs> and that's not a bad thing because number one, I love early Carrie Underwood. I, I, I had a hot take on one of my recent episodes that Carrie Underwood's newer stuff is, is, is not great in my opinion. Uh, her, her classic albums one, two and three, I think are top notch, the best stuff that she, she put out and that's not knocking Carrie Underwood. It's just she she made a uh, a creative decision a couple albums ago, and it changed her sound a little bit. And I, I'm just not a big fan of the new sound. However, this EP is exactly what I love about country music and and female country music artists. And there's a little Marin Morris in there as well, and 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 definitely hear the Carrie Underwood um, aspects of it. Um, and and and, you're, and you're the. The, the writing on the music, which is going to be my next question, um, you know, you're a storyteller for the, from what I've picked up, and I, I appreciate the stories that you're telling in these in these songs. They seem very, um, very transparent of of the journey that you traveled, the 600 miles that you traveled on uh, on this EP. So, you know, our Tell me a little bit more about like your 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 song selection process. Are you writing all the songs that are on this EP, like the all Presley Tenant originals or co-writes? Uh, it's, tell me a little bit more about that. So, uh, six hundred miles. They, the EP that I released. I mean, I feel like 
the whole entirety of it is I felt like it was kind of a journal. I didn't write every single song on the on the EP. I wrote I think about half um, that or I co-wrote. Um, and so but the songs that I did cut, it was just like I was feeling like everything that was said in those songs is like how I was feeling. I was like, this is something so special and so near and dear to my heart. I mean, um, like 600 Miles, that was like a personal experience that I went through. And I was, I think it was 18 when I wrote that song. And so um, and I knew like I had like a rough draft. And so I went into a session and I was like, hey, like I have this idea. Like, do you guys like this? Like, what, what could we do? Like, this is what I've been feeling. Talk to them about it. And they're like, yeah, like, let's do it. And so we came up with the song 600 Miles. And I feel like a lot of people, especially like when you're 18 years old, I mean, you feel like the end of the world type of thing is happening because you're like, oh, my person's leaving. And you're like, you're 18. Like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, you still got the rest of your life. Um, but I had to go through that. And I I still love that song. Um, but a lot of people can relate to it in those ways, especially like the younger audience. But it doesn't even have to be the younger audience. It could just be about somebody that's moving far away or that like you have all these unanswered questions that you wish that you could ask them. Um and so like there's songs like that but then there's how many kisses that's like your love song that it's probably one of my favorite songs that i think i've ever done um and that was with victoria banks and mary sue england and i just love the feel of it because it kind of has like this soul r&b thing too mm-hmm. um which i love because i did listen to a lot of things growing up um and then there is like love's gonna win and that talks about just like everything that's kind of been happening in this world um i mean a lot of it is because it's like there was a lot of things, especially during COVID. It's like, we I felt like we were all so divided and like, I wish that we could come together. If we all put aside our differences, we'd realize we have a lot more in common than we think. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it like it shouldn't matter and whatnot. But, and so like, there was that song and then there was Pray for Peace with the Uvalde shooting Harrison Sheckler came to me with this song and, um, and he had this idea like, just like a song to like dedicate and to like remember what, what happened to forever keep, their memories going um, because that is something so heartbreaking as well as, I mean, there's pray for peace. There is um, God forbid we pray. And it's like, I I'm a believer in God. I'm a Christian. And so it's like, as long as you look up to him, you'll find your way. And like when things get dark, don't, don't turn to like the nearest exit. There's a way out of it. Yeah. It's going to be a hard in the beginning, but once you get through it, it's going to be a lot more rewarding when you do. Um, and then there's like mess with my man. That's like a very, very like female empowerment type of thing it's like, I don't know. It's like one of those songs, like, you know, like the, the girls have like a fine man and some other girls like, I'm going to get him. And you're like, no, you want because he's mine. That type of thing. I'm always, um, I'm always I, trying to steal someone's man. That, that I'm the person that you're writing about. I'm trying, exactly. to, I'm trying to steal someone's man all the time. Gosh, look at you go. You're a player. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> just when so, it comes, yeah. just when it comes to like my, my friend, my the, the one specific friend's husband, you know, he and I have this like like this this bromance that's happening, um, and we joke around about about stuff that we probably shouldn't. But uh, I'm gonna forward her this song and then forward her this clip of this interview, so she'll <laughs> she might reach like, out. I, like even like in those ways, like I am like such I'm a non-confrontational person. I'm like if somebody did that, I'd be like okay, and then I'd just be like hope that that person realizes that. But I feel those ways, and I wish I could say it out loud, but I'm like it's. If they're going to do it if they're going to do it, whatever. Um, but I don't know. That's my, my thought process on it. Right. But I also like, it's like, I still feel that way. Um, and I know a lot of ladies out there can feel that way too. And so when I put these songs together, it's kind of just, it's a little like range of everything, but I love the songs. And from 2020 till now, it's like, I don't know. It's just, 
it's like the little baby. It's like my first actual EP of collection of songs that's finally out there. And so like going forward, there's a lot more things that I'm writing about. I mean, I've lived a lot more life. I mean, it's only been like what three years since since the beginning of that song, but I feel like I've gone through a lot more things that I have inspiration to write about or like different things that have just come to mind um, that I'm excited for. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's important for people to understand that your generation is unique in the respect of you guys were born pretty much right after 9-11, mm-hmm. you know? And so the world had changed a lot. Like my generation, you know, we lived through 9-11. We saw it happen and it scarred us. But but y'all lived through 9-11 or, or, or were born right after 9-11 and had to grow up in that kind of post 9-11 world and then had to deal with the financial crisis at a young age. So, you know, depending on how well off people's families are that are your age, it could have really damaged a lot of your childhood. Uh, but then to, to, to go through the pandemic and like the middle of the years that you're supposed to be thriving in college and living your best lives, like the reality of it is, is you guys have gone through a lot in the last, th- like the whole world has, but specifically people in that like under 25 range, I, I think, had to grow up very quickly. So anybody who says, oh, what what happened in three years or whatever, you know, like they need to understand, like y- y'all have been through quite a bit. Um, I had I had some, some specific questions about some of these songs. Yes, okay. ask away. So the song, How Many Kisses. Mm-hmm. The, the line in, in the song is how many kisses, basically how many kisses did it take until you fell in love? Yeah. Uh, how many kisses does it take for somebody to know that they fell in love i feel like i don't know it like i feel like that's very subjective <laughs> like i don't know some people are, are getting out a little more than others right but you know what? <laughs> i ain't judging but um i don't know i feel like i mean and that's the whole idea of the song it's like how many times can you have like butterflies in your stomach like before you really know somebody or like how many times like you could talk to them all hours of the night and feel like you really know them and it's like but it's like that one thing it's like that really solidifies it that like you know the moment that you were in love um and so like that was it was like the idea of the song came from do you know the saying how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop that was that my, was kind that of was like my childhood <laughs> with like the owl and he takes one look and then he crunches it and he's right in the That's right me. in the gum and i'm yep. like all right um which is but, terrible gum by the way like it's absolutely like the worst like Thank the you. the prize at the end of that of that of, of that lollipop is not great. Like no, and it like sticks to your teeth. It's like not ideal. Well, I think it's more. I think it's more like a like a taffy than it is a gum, really. But it's like it's not it's it's still not like worth it. Taffy. Yeah, it's not no. worth not worth it. Like just go buy some some saltwater taffy from Sprouts for like, and, like a buck. Other lollipops, yeah. but also taste a lot better. Exactly. Um, Hot no. takes. <laughs> We're gonna get canceled <laughs> for these ones. It, you know what? They either love us or hate us. So, um, no, <laughs> but it's like, that's, it's like kind of that same idea. And so it's like, um, I mean, it all just depends on how long it takes and there's nothing wrong with it taking forever or if it's love at first sight type of thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I believe in love at first sight because I'm like, mm, gotta get to know the person first. You know, they, they may look good, but they may not act good. You know, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've always said, you know, just for, for, people out there is like yeah obviously like seeing someone that you're attracted to it's important to like 
be able to see them and, and be like, oh, yeah, I'm attracted to them. But you also got to understand that if this is somebody that you're going to try to date, like you got to make sure that you actually get along with them and that you have some things in common and they're able to like, and if you don't have a lot of things in common that, that y'all are able to like bring together the different worlds, because you're going to spend a lot of time with this person. And if it's just because <laughs> that person's attractive to you. Blind, I'm all, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like it's a 50, 50 chance at that point. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I've learned that typically the people that you um, are just 100% physically attracted to end up being the ones that hurt you the most, you know? Um, and the people that you're just kind of like, eh, they're cute and whatever, but like not really my type end up being the ones that you're like, okay, this person's a real one. Whether, whether it's like romantic or friendship, that's just what I've learned in my, you know, in my vast experience of being alive for 30 years. I feel like at that point too, because you put someone to like such a high standard when you're automatically like, Oh my gosh! Like I, like I could see myself with this person. Like you already are thinking that way, and mm. so when your your standards are lowered a little bit, you're like, and then you're pleasantly surprised, not right. like you're let down. I don't know. It's like, it's like I haven't had so many experiences, but I watch all my friends say, like in their relationships, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Or, girl, what? <laughs> the, the best the best way that I can put it is, you know, it's like going to like a fancy restaurant and ordering a hamburger and the burger being dry because you're like, this is a $40 hamburger. Like it has to be good. Right. Then you go to yeah. McDonald's or in and out and it's, it's like the best burger ever. Exactly. And you're just like, okay, cool. This is why we like McDonald's or in and out McDonald's hit and miss, but in and out, like always consistent for the most part, like every now and then you'll miss it. But in and out, you know, at one o'clock after a show, if you just want something greasy and good in and out's the place to go. Exactly. <laughs> Get the fries. Well done. Um, yep. all right. So mess with my man. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this song written by you? This song was not. Okay. It was written by John or John Oyser. Um, and I just remember the first time I heard the song, I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I love the way that it's saying like the. I was like, I love that little walk up. I love mm-hmm. what it had to say. That, I just fell in love with the song. That song gave me like chills, like 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 goosebumps. Just the way that you sang it and the way that it built up. So I, I know you didn't write this song, but I could hear conviction in your voice. So who were you thinking of? Like what, what girl in your life messed with your man that you, you were inspired to sing the way you did? Cause I, I felt like you were singing at somebody, not singing to somebody. I, I don't think that there was anybody in my life that I was like, Oh, I'm singing this about this person, but it's like, I'm a girl's girl to no end. Like I am all like, I'm always there. Like if somebody's, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like what a girl's girl is? Maybe, maybe you explain know, it to me. Maybe a little bit. A girl's girl I, is like, I'm always on, the, I'm 99% on the girl side. Like no matter what, like I don't even got to know her, but I'm just like, yeah, this, this is the girl. Like I'm on her side. Um, that type of thing. And so I have never understood when girls go after other girls, guys. And so like it, kind of like not makes me angry but it's like why like there's so many there's so many fish in the sea why go after the same one yeah you know um and there's a person for everybody and so i felt like i could pull from that and just be like okay so i got a lot of things going on and i was like all right like i got some angst in me now like let let's go sing this song and so i i went to track it and i think we got it done pretty quick i want to say it only took us like two hours and i was like all right cool and the producer was like, yep, we're, we're good. And I was like, great. 
Yeah, because I, I I listen to the song and I'm like, okay, she this is a little personal, you know, and and, and maybe it's just the the fact that you're able to to connect with music. But I was like, it, it's a great song, and anybody who like if there's if there's one song, one or two songs off this EP that people have to listen to, in my opinion, it's definitely "Mess with My Man" and and "God Forbid We Pray." Those two songs, I believe, are are my personal favorites. Um, uh, and I've I've listened to CP quite a few times uh, in the, the past couple of weeks, um, and that and that's God forbid we pray. That, that's an interesting song, um, and I didn't get a chance to really dive deep into the lyrics, um, but I, like and I wish you know honestly I wish I would have asked you for your lyrics in advance so I could, that way I could look at them and actually study them a little bit because that's what I like to do is is really kind of look at the words and try to put together you know my interpretation of it and ask about it, but. You know this this song, you know God forget for, forbid we pray. You know it, it reminds me a lot of what 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 I say to a lot of people in a sense, which is like, imagine if, you know, and I'm not 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 about to preach. I promise I'm not about to preach. But, you know, I feel like if if people just started putting God first in this world, I feel like a lot of things would would, would be different in this world. And I feel like that's the message that you're giving here. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times people are so quick to jump. Oh, we got a bad medical diagnosis. Well, F this, F that, you know, the, you know, whatever, you know, as opposed to like, okay, let's stop and let's just give it to God, you know? Yeah. Oh, we got, we got a bad financial situation. Let's, let's give it to God, you know? And somebody said something on the TV I didn't like, you know, I'm going to go off on Twitter on them and I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. You know, um, tell me more about, about, about this song and, and what, inspired you either to write it or, or record it and and kind of what what your message is is behind this and obviously like I said we're not preaching but this is you know our perspective so god forbid we pray it was a song that I I had also heard um that was written by Nick Autry and a few of his buddies and I remember the first time he played it for me I was like oh my gosh like the message behind it I mean um it really hit me in those ways because like how you said like if we put god first like God first, it would, there's a lot of things that we could, we could be moving past. Um, and there's like a brighter light at the end of the day. Um, and that was the main thing. I mean, it's so hard. I I mean, I'm also guilty of this. Um, but when things get hard, that's when people pray, like they don't pray and they don't thank God for what it is every single day when things are good because they take it for granted. And so when things get hard, that's when everybody's on their knees, asking for forgiveness and asking to help. Um, but it's like, you need to, if we start putting God first before everything, there's a lot of things that will shed light on later on in life. Um, and that was like the main thing. And so it also gives you a sense of purpose in this world to live for something and to, and to really like dive in deep and just to, to look forward to every day. Um, and that was the big thing. So when I heard the song, I just fell in love with the message because I had already been feeling that way. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this put everything into, into, or like all my thoughts into this song. Um, I mean, even talking about like certain things, like there's different things about like, uh, like substance abuse and, and coming back, like our, like our veterans that are coming back from, from overseas and whatnot, and like what, what they all saw, but it's like, you can get through anything with the power of God. as long as you believe in him and that you truly give yourself to him and just live your life according to his word and and what he believes in and what he preaches like i'm getting all preachy now but um, <laughs> please but, bring a word but, but that, that is the way that i feel and so when i heard it i was like this is this is a masterpiece i love this song 
And so I cut it, I want to say like a couple weeks after, and I, I just fell in love with it. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I think that this world, you know, there, there's a, there's a power in, in, in submitting to the higher power, in my opinion, you know, and I, I don't hide my beliefs from people, whether it's political beliefs or spiritual beliefs or musical beliefs or, you know, whatever that may be, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that Nickelback doesn't suck. Like that's, that's a hot take. <laughs> I will second you on that. So <laughs> <laughs> are you going to the show in, in LA? I am not, but I wish I was. Oh, man. <laughs> You, you should. I love me some Nickelback. So. Oh man, yeah, exactly. But like, I have to listen to it in my car by myself though, because everyone around me is like, "Girl, you I'm need like, to, you need like they're they're good." You need to photograph rock star like. <laughs> you need to come on a road trip with, with me and my woman, and that's like we we play Nickelback pretty pretty religiously on anything that's over an hour long. Uh, we'll do that, and then we'll jump into some Hamilton, and then we'll. You know, play some some Christian music, and like we're all over the place. But um, you guys are speaking my language right now, right. so I feel like a good road trip. So <laughs> you just gotta forget where we're going. Um, but you know, like I, I'm not afraid to, to to tell people what I believe in. You know, and 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 what I believe in, no matter what the, the subject is. If you ask my opinion, I'll tell you. And sometimes, if you don't ask my opinion, I'll tell you too. You know, um, but I, I truly believe that. Like, I'm at the point where a couple of years ago, I was very much very opinionated on my on my political beliefs and like. Would, would share them left and right. And I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't care who's in the white house when it comes to, to 2024. Do I have an, do I have a you know preference? Yeah, sure. I do. Uh, but the reality of it is, is like, if we can get somebody in that, you know, in, in leadership across the board, everywhere, whether it's in corporate America or local governance or, you know, state governance or in, in Washington, DC, who's just willing to like stop for a second and actually put God first for, 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 you know, these big decisions, we'd be in a much better place. Um, and so, so you and I on, on the same page as far as, you know, the, what the song means. And I'm really appreciative of, of people putting music like this out still, because it seems like, you know, the more and more life I live, the less and less it's okay to use the word God in, in any circumstance. Um, so I, I appreciate you putting that music out. Well, it's like, I feel like the more, the more things happen, like the more events or situations that happen in today's day and age, we lose a lot more sight of, of the good in the world. And a lot of that good comes from God. So uh, that is at least what I believe in, um, in those ways. Yeah. So I feel like just talking about them, even if it's casual, it's like, what's the harm in it? And if somebody doesn't agree with you or does not understand, then it's like, what is the beauty about where, where we are in today's day and age? You don't have to agree with me, but we could still respect each other. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still hang out with my friends who don't like Nickelback, you know? Exactly. I think they're wrong, you know, especially when I mean, am I going to still play Nickelback in the car with them in absolutely. the car? Absolutely. Yeah, like, extra loud, too. Yeah. To drown out their complaints. Skin a little bit. <laughs> you know, actually, what's funny is is uh, Nickelback and, like, Creed are the only, only like, bands that I can actually properly sing their songs because I have that, like, <laughs> raspier you know grunge style voice like asking you to sing some carrie underwood and you're going to be asking me to stop real quick uh but <laughs> ask me to sing photograph you'll enjoy it a little bit uh not, not a lot you'll enjoy but like it's 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 uh, audible at least um now i know you're you're kind of all over the place you know and you're playing shows left and right and i know you have some stuff coming up um i believe you're playing in arizona on on the fourth um 
I, I believe the website's presslieutenant.com uh, for more, more information on that. And of course, download this EP. This EP is fantastic. I think you're going to love it. Um, but I, I want to ask you about, you know, what I, what I do here is it's very straightforward. Like this is the part that I love about what I do is talking to people and interviewing them. And then I have to go and do the work and actually like edit it and make it look good and sound good and all that stuff. And, and that's the part I don't like as much. Um, for, for you, like what, what do you find the most uh, enjoyment out of? Is it, is it the creation process of creating your own original music or is it the performance of said creation? Because I, I feel like there is definitely um, some artists who prefer just to write and know that going out and performing is a byproduct of it. And I know there's a lot of people who just like to perform and they know that writing and recording is a necessity to be able to have something to perform unless they want to be a cover artist, you know, their entire life. So, so what do you enjoy uh, out of, out of the process of being a musician? I think this is always one of the hardest questions for myself to answer because there is something so special about each and every individual aspect of being an artist. I mean, performing I like that is my heart like that is my second like that's my home I love being on stage and just connecting with people um whether it's with a cover like a cover song or if it's my own original music but it's like getting that same I mean music is like I feel like everyone kind of puts aside everything and it's like music is the one thing that brings everyone together um and there's something so special about that in live shows it's like the energy is just the most incredible feeling ever um and then there's something so special also about writing music because you're so like, you're letting people into who you are um, into like, cause it, it, writing can be very vulnerable. I mean, for myself, I'm not like aside from music, I'm a very like reserved, like kind of person. I, I'm not the type to like share my business with people 24 um, seven. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm just like, yeah, like this is like, you know, um, but with, with writing, it's like, I, that is where I really truly let people into my world to like really let them see who I am. Um, and there's something so beautiful about that. And then there's recording and like tracking that when you take these ideas and now you're actually bringing them to life instead of it just being a thought, it's like, this is an actual product. This is a record. This is a, this is a song. This is whatever, like a little project that you've been working on. Um, it's finally like coming to life and you can see all the pieces come together. Um, and like all the little like stems and like the leaves and the flowers are growing on it. It's no longer just a little seed. Um, um, and there's something so beautiful about that. So it's really hard for me to choose which one would be my favorite. If you were to ask me like four, four or five years ago, I would say just performing. I mean, I still loved writing, but I was like, I just want to be on stage. But now as I grow up and like the more I feel like I have something to say that it's like, they're also special in their own ways that it's split right down in the middle or evenly. I answered it down the middle. There's three parts to it, but um, figuratively, figuratively speaking, it is all just split evenly. I love, I love that. So unless there's certain days where I'm having a bad writing day, then I'm going to say performing or if I'm having a bad performing day, I'm going to say writing. Yeah. And that's, that's always, you know, people love their jobs most of the time, I think, you know, and then there's aspects of their jobs that they hate. You know, or just they might love, you know, running certain reports 
most days. And then there's one day where the computer just doesn't work the way you need it to work. And it just makes the day frustrating. Like, I, I think that's something that people need to, to understand too, is like, you know, I, I, I want to address this briefly with you cause you're a musician, but like, I don't know if you've, you've been in tune with some of the hate that Shania Twain's been getting recently. Um, you know, she's, she's always been a bit of a character, you know, and it yeah. seems like she's, her performances are a little bit more, um, wild like kind of off yeah. off the rail in a sense which is fun but people are like criticizing her, her vocal performances and i'm like okay first of all Snyder twain's still like a queen of country music like so shut your mouth uh but, but second of all like i'm like do people not understand the health situation that she went to about a decade ago where she literally lost her voice like and she ha it took her years to recover and so the reason why i'm bringing that up is because like people are talking about like oh she had a bad performance i'm like y'all like she's been in her dressing room like all day like she's been on the road like she's not it's not like she just is able just it's to like show or, or things like that yeah Sorry, exactly no no you're good you're good you know like like when 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 you're performing more one-off shows it's easier to, to make sure your voice is relaxed and able to hit certain notes and whatnot when you're on tour and you're you know you just played four nights straight and then had to travel to, to whatever city you're in you're it's not a guarantee that your voice is going to be perfectly okay, you know? And so I think, I think fans need to understand too, that like musicians have good days and they have bad days and, yeah. you know, like they're away from their families a lot of times and they're away from their friends. And yes, they make typically make good money doing it, but, but that still takes a toll on them. Yeah. And so well, I feel like especially with touring, a lot of people don't realize is the toll that it really does take i mean you're playing you're you're playing from nine to let's say let's say nine to eleven o'clock usually or i would say like eight to ten o'clock but you still had to pack up grab all your stuff get on the bus mind you and all the crew and everything you got to make sure all the ducks are in a row and then you got to go you're now you're on the road heading to the next city to get there sleep maybe a little bit that night get up, do the same exact thing every single day, every weekend. And then you might have Monday, Tuesday off, but even your Monday, Tuesdays are like, you're still doing stuff. And a lot of people don't realize the amount of effort that goes into it. Yeah. And, and on top of that, you know, depending on what level of an artist you are, you know, I guarantee you, if you look at like Keith Urban or Harry Underwood or Blake Shelton, yeah, maybe they might have a nicer tour bus or maybe they're able to fly to the next city because they have those resources but guess what? They're having to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and doing morning radio. And then they have to get to the venue. And typically there might be two or three, you know, interviews at, at the venue. And then they have to do their meet and, you know, and like, again, yes, they make tons of money and, and they, they, but they put in the work. And I don't think people realize how crazy it is. Even, even you, I think, I think I've seen you do some stuff where like you're getting to a venue a couple hours early and doing meet and greets and, you know, having to talk to the promoters and all this other stuff on top of doing sound check and, you know, and then, you know, being a woman, you also have to like make sure that your outfits are on, on point too, because you know, what's a country artist, you know, a female country artist, unless her outfits are on point, you know, like, exactly. and that's a whole job in itself. All the diamonds, all the boots, all of it. Exactly. Exactly. Sure which by the which by the way, you you have an incredible style. Like, Thank like you. I, I was looking at your your uh, your press kit, and I'm like, there's not like one like like one bad outfit on this at all. Like I'm like, she's 
I, I need to take some lessons from you to, to dress cooler. Cause well, thank you. <laughs> it is literally like half the time it's my mom and I, we just like find things online, but we've also been building my collection since I was probably 12. And we just got oh, like, there we go. like my shoes. I have so many pairs of shoes and everyone's like, you were crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm not crazy because I have just been buying them since I was 12 and I've kept them. And half the time I didn't wear them till I was 16, 17, but they were on sale. So we just tried to predict my size so I could wear them later in life. I think we need to start a side business of selling these, these uh, shoes that either have never been used or no longer fit Absolutely. or too big or whatever. Like we need to, we, we need to monetize this. Um, but uh, <laughs> last question, I, questions I have for you is, um, is actually more kind of current event based. Uh, I don't know if you've been following um, the stories that, that happened a couple days ago with, with BB Rexa. Uh, oh, yes. And then there was, was one. Yeah. And hit her in the eye and she had to get stitches. Um, and it, oh, yeah, it's a big thing. Like she had to get stitches. Um, and then there was another artist recently uh, where a male fan went up and slapped her in the face in the middle of her performance. I forgot, I forgot her name. Um, and so, so my question to you is, is, you know, as, as you, you rise in notoriety, you know, and you're seeing stuff like this happening to major artists, you know, like what can we do to like make sure it doesn't happen? You know, like it, it's crazy that this stuff is happening you know, and it's, it's, it's one thing when it's like a, you know, just an overzealous fan at a meet and greet, just being a little too excited and, you know, maybe hugging you a little too tight or high-fiving you a little too hot, you know, too hard or whatever. But when it's like literally throwing your phone on stage and hitting the person in the face and leaving them with a black eye this big, like yeah. we're crossing some lines here. So any thoughts on, on that? I feel like it's all intention. I don't know. I feel like, cause they're, they're like, even like when I play shows, there are people who are like holding up their phone and, and trying like getting pictures and whatnot. But I don't know if that person was purposely trying to aim to hit her, then that obviously is a problem. Cause it's like, why were you trying to do that? But if it was just like a simple little accident, I mean, yeah, it still is like, why are you throwing stuff, especially like a phone, but if they weren't meaning it in that way, then I feel like it's a little bit, it breaks it a little bit easier. Um, but I mean, if somebody's slapping you in the face, that's just disrespectful at that point, because it's like, you're paying to come watch this person because you're a fan of them that you hit them on the right side of the head. That I don't understand. That is just crossing the lines a little too far. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, my, my personal take on it is don't do it. Just, just yeah. don't like, Take pictures all you want, but don't don't throw your phone, even if you're not aiming for the person or you're hoping it lands yeah. on their on you know at their feet. Don't throw stuff because guess what? Most of y'all don't have good aim, and it's gonna end up either breaking something or hitting somebody else. Uh, true that. And true that. Let me tell you something. I've seen some of the guitars that you've played on stage, and they look expensive. So I'm gonna try to break your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was like, oh, that is my little baby. I hope nobody, nobody breaks that. So. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, and it's, it's like, and I don't have the money to replace it. You know, like I don't have the money to replace one of your, you know, $4,000 lights on stage. You know, like I don't have money to replace your, your, uh, your drum kit, you know? So like, I'm just not going to throw my phone. Like that's just, 
I don't have money to replace my phone either. Like I'm not like I'm not gonna you know, uh anyway, uh Presley Tennant, thank you so much. Uh we're gonna record uh, a quick section for TNNradio.com as well. So if you're listening to this and you want to hear my exclusive uh, quick chat with their head over to TNNradio.com uh, at some point throughout the next week, and you'll be able to hear that quick, uh, quick little interview as well. Um, real quick, where can people find you on social media? I know you're playing Tempe, Arizona as well. Give me some information on that, uh, and anything else that you want want people to know about. So you can find me on all my social media, which is at Presley Tennant. So P-R-E-S-L-E-Y-T-E-N-N-A-N-T. Or you can go to my website, which is presleytennant.com. And everything is linked there from tour dates to merch to um, what's going on, new music, as well as all my social media is linked there. Um, and you can find me if you're going to be in the Tempe area on July 4th. I'll be playing there that night at the Diablo Stadium. So if you're out there, make sure to come on down. Do it. I'm looking at the merch, and you got some cute merch. Thank you. Uh, not manly enough for me to buy anything, but it's cute nonetheless. <laughs> we got some bite the bullet hoodies. Usually, usually the guys are buying it for their girlfriends, if anything. So yeah. that's the that, that's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to you know you have to know your audience for sure on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Presley Tennant, thank you so much. And again, catch uh, my exclusive portion of this interview on TNNRadio.com. Uh, I'll be back with more in just a second.